Welcome to the Indisposable Podcast, produced by Upstream. I'm your host, Brooking Gatewood. Thanks for joining for another episode celebrating solutions to plastic pollution. Hey, what's up, Solutioneers? As you might have heard by now, Upstream is launching its third annual Reuse Awards, the Reusies 2023. The Reusies is a groundbreaking awards program honoring changemakers who are developing a better way than throwaway, advancing systemic change, and co-creating a world where we can get what we want and need without all the waste. We received hundreds of nominations and narrowed them down to just a handful of finalists across six award categories, honoring business innovators, activists, and community groups. Now it's time for you to vote. Head to thereusies.org to cast your votes and RSVP for the third annual Reuse Awards, which will be live-streamed on Wednesday, June 7th from Circularity 23 in Seattle. It's free to attend the virtual event, and VIP packages are available to enhance your Reusies experience. The Reusies also provides a unique opportunity for reuse businesses to reach a high-value audience with an ad placement. So don't wait. Vote, RSVP, advertise, and learn more at thereusies.org. That's T-H-E-R-E-U-S-I-E-S dot org. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to another episode of the Indisposable Podcast. Today, we continue our series of getting to know our Reusies judges with Camila Vega of the Sustainable Ocean Alliance. SOA does tremendous work to serve the global community of ocean entrepreneurs with funding, mentorship, capacity building, and more. So far, their Ocean Solutions Accelerator program has supported 45 world-leading ocean tech startups with $225 million in lifetime funding. Last year, we got to talk with SOA team member Doreen Wong about the work of the Alliance and what indisposable venture capital can look like. We recommend checking that episode out, number 101, to learn even more about Sustainable Ocean Alliance's work. And with the issue of plastic pollution increasingly impacting our oceans, more and more of SOA's solutions programs have an eye on solutions that include reuse. And here to tell us more about this work is Camila Vega, a solutions portfolio manager with SOA, as well as an experienced founder, operations executive, community organizer, and 2023 Reusies judge. Camilla has helped co-found two technology and education companies focused on social impact and has a background in international business and entrepreneurship, fundraising, systems thinking, and human-centered design. The Reusies, again, for those who might not know yet, is coming up very soon, June 7th in Seattle. You can get your tickets and learn more about Camila, our other judges, organizational partners, and of course, the nominees at www.thereusies.org. Camila, thanks so much for joining us today and for agreeing to be a Reusies judge. Thank you so much for having me here. Thrilled to be a part of this vibrant community that you've helped to create. Thank you. So I often like to start with asking my guests to just tell us a little bit about your background. How did you find yourself in this unique role at Sustainable Ocean Alliance? And where is the passion strongest in the work for you? Thank you. I appreciate the question. And Yeah, to kick us off, I'd like to share my journey into this climate tech world really began through entrepreneurship, which has always been deeply rooted in my background as a first-generation immigrant from Colombia. You know, growing up in Colombia, 
surrounded by all the lush forests and beautiful beaches and such a diverse ecosystem helped to foster my deep love for nature. And my parents, both business owners, always instilled a sense of entrepreneurial spirit from a young age when they moved our family to the U.S. And as I grew older and settled in California, I became increasingly aware of all the devastating effects of climate change on our natural world and the people who depend on it. You know, seeing the catastrophic fires in California firsthand, but also simultaneously living in the entrepreneurial hub of Silicon Valley, I realized there was a unique opportunity for me to both combine my love for nature with my entrepreneurial skills to help make a meaningful impact on the climate crisis. And this growing awareness is what helped lead me to look for answers and solutions. You know, prior to joining Sustainable Ocean Alliance, I did a lot of consulting work supporting organizations that were developing solutions and focused on education to help address this crisis. And at Sustainable Ocean Alliance, you know, we're a global nonprofit organization that focuses on cultivating and investing in leaders, as well as solutions that are going to help restore our ocean within our lifetime. It was here that I found the perfect opportunity to help channel my passion for business and nature, especially the ocean. And I'm so honored to be able to support our incredible portfolio of 45 and counting ocean tech startups that are dedicating their lives and their work to protect and preserve our ocean across so many different impact areas, including the circular economy and waste reduction. Um, In my role, I work to foster relationships between these startups and uh, our network of mentors and partners, investors, to help ensure that these game-changing ideas have the resources and support that they need to thrive. What's so exciting for me to be a part of it is just to see the passion and the impact that these startups have as they scale their solutions. It's so rewarding to see this across so many different industries that they're working in, but also all focused on supporting and protecting our ocean. For example, Sway, one of our companies, their recent winner of the Tom Ford Plastic Innovation Prize, they utilize seaweed as a biodegradable alternative to replace plastic packaging. And with their work, they have the potential to reduce up to 180 billion, with a B, plastic bags currently used by the fashion industry each year and may otherwise end up in the ocean. You know, it's crazy to me to see that 85% of marine pollution is composed of plastics, Mm -hmm. half of which are single use, but it's also from, you know, things like industry, agriculture, paints, and more. And, you know, every year we see 11 million tons of plastic dumped into the ocean. And I think, you know, it's time for us to change that. And it really couldn't be more urgent. Our ocean needs us. And considering it's responsible for at least 50% of the oxygen on Earth, we also need it. So that's why I'm in this space and excited to see more solutions that are helping to protect our ocean. Awesome. And you know, that kind of dovetails with something else I wanted to ask you. You have a background working with entrepreneurs before you joined Sustainable Ocean Alliance, and I'm sure you have learned a lot more about ocean issues in your time there. So what have been some of the big surprises or eye-openers that you've learned on this topic? 
Yeah. You know, having worked with so many entrepreneurs across, you know, industries and sectors, I really see that it's so multifaceted and uh, business I see has such a huge potential to have wide reaching effects and being able to harness the power of community is so crucial for long-term success and a positive impact. And I see SOA doing this really well by working with a global community of entrepreneurs and global leaders um, to help drive impact in our local communities and help them really decide for themselves in which are the areas that they need most support in. Today, we have over 7,000 young ocean leaders around the world and have helped support over 266 solutions across 77 countries. This network of ecopreneurs, as we like to call it, all have a specific focus on creating a positive impact on the environment. And for me, one of the most significant eye-openers during my time at SOA has just been the scale and the interconnectedness of all the ocean issues. You know, the ocean plays such a crucial role in our planet's health and its conservation is really vital for our environment and humanity. It represents 70% of our Earth's surface and it's not just important for biodiversity and climate regulation, but also for things like food security and economic benefits, human health, climate adaptation, as well as preserving cultural values. So really seeing that these challenges that are facing our ocean aren't isolated, they're interconnected and often made worse by human activity, you know? Yeah, uh, they're not just in the ocean. <laughs> far yeah. far away for those of us who live in the middle of the country, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like, you know, things like plastic pollution are is something that not only harms marine life, it also affects things like the viability of coral reefs. You know, coastline communities really depend on coral reefs for things like tourism. You know, we love going to the beach, fishing, recreation, coastal protection. And it's so great to see that technological innovation and grassroots initiatives are super helpful in curbing these issues. But it's also important to consider what are the systemic changes that are necessary yeah, you know, that connects with another question I have for you, which is, I know you're a big fan of human-centered design approaches, and I have some background in that methodology as well, and I feel like it connects with some of what you've been talking about, about the community-led approaches and how ocean issues connect with all sorts of other issues of justice and equity, um, pollution, job access, etc. So how do you see human-centered design making a difference for equitable approaches to reuse? Yeah, great question. You know, I see so many of our current systems just aren't working. Today, we're generating 400 million tons of waste every year. And I think we need to make more room for innovation and less for waste. And doing so requires the power of community, unleash all the creativity that we have. And this is where I see human-centered design can really play a role. I was first introduced to this approach when I was working on my own organization and learned about it through Open IDEO's Field Guide to Human-Centered Design. And as an early entrepreneur, you know, we started our work believing that technology would be the end-all solution and thought it would be easy to bring something in that we knew worked for us and our communities. But, you know, we're working on issues like education access and rural communities like 
Zimbabwe and India. And it wasn't until we were actually on the ground and saw that these issues to accessing education resources were so much deeper than just having information and internet. So it really became clear to me that we couldn't have any type of actual impact without first understanding and bringing in local community insights into what they saw as the problems and potential solutions. And so really thinking about how to shift your own mindset and, you know, feeling like we have all the answers to also recognize the power of the collective wisdom and actually working alongside the people that you're trying to support. You know, we see human-centered design as, a, as an incredible tool to create equitable and effective reuse solutions as it puts people's needs and experiences at the core of the design process. Muse, one of our other portfolio companies, has been able to make reusables convenient and easy to use for the customers to easily adapt to using a new system that not only eliminates waste, but it's also easy to use and it's fully integrated into people's daily routines, like grabbing a cup of coffee at you know your local coffee shop. Um, and it really takes deeply understanding users and designing with their perspectives in mind so that we can create reusable products and systems that are not only functional, but that are also accessible and appealing to a diverse range of users. And for anybody who's not familiar with human-centered design, it's definitely worth a Google. It was popularized by IDEO, and as a process, it's really simple. As you said yourself, you're actually really just asking the people who are going to be impacted by the design idea to participate in the process at multiple phases, um, not just the design, but also feedback on prototypes and iterating from that feedback as a way to design processes that actually are going to be successful for the users. And I love knowing that you guys are using that kind of thinking in the way that you work with entrepreneurs to make sure that their projects are as successful as possible. That's really cool. And you know, it, it kind of dovetails with another related question I wanted to ask. You mentioned earlier a project that you're excited about that uh, is converting seaweed into packaging for the fashion industry and uh, replacing some needless plastic bags. So that's an awesome uh, example of creative substitutes, we might call it. And I'm curious to hear, what are some of the ways that Sustainable Ocean Alliance is thinking about reuse as a solution to ocean issues? Are there any big projects that you've got going on that you'd like to tell our audience about? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, here at SOA, we were able to partner with one of our amazing portfolio companies, Repurpose Global, as well as Green Biz, to help launch um, this initiative called the Plastic Reality Project. And Repurpose Global is one of the world's leading plastic action platforms. They're dedicated to bringing together purposeful brands, innovators, as well as individuals all under one roof to combat this crisis of plastic pollution. To date, Repurpose has been able to support over 10,000 waste innovators, which are typically come from underrepresented communities. They work in countries like India and Colombia. You know, they have uh, 14 different projects across five different countries. They work to implement new waste collection systems and plastic reduction mechanisms to help divert over 14 million pounds of plastic waste away from nature and landfills every year. 
And this plastic reality project was a first of its kind sustainability initiative that was dedicated in helping corporate leaders, environmental prediction practitioners with knowledge and experiences to see firsthand on how they can help shape plastic reduction efforts. And this project really aimed to help corporate leaders reduce inefficiencies, you know, broaden inclusivity by bringing in so many different stakeholders and people to see what the issue was and help encourage them to increase impact in the fight to reduce plastics. And, you know, really this bridge that we were able to create between ambition and action was focused on upskilling all these leaders that are working in this space to help them in the next five years on tackling plastic pollution using these educational expeditions, corporate training programs, peer mentoring networks, and a competency-based certification scheme for individual professionals. Awesome. What are some of the ways that Sustainable Ocean Alliance might be able to support our entrepreneurial listeners who are interested in funding, mentorship, and some of the other kinds of things that you all offer for reuse programs and business ideas? Yeah, thank you so much. And I would love to see more and more solutions just come into our ecosystem and anyone looking to be a part of our network and our community of change makers, of solutions, of microgrants can really just check out our website and see what uh, are some microgrant opportunities that you might be able to apply for if you have an idea in your own local community. You could also join one of our hubs around the world to see what you can help to support in your in the areas that you live anywhere in the world. Um, if you have a startup or a solution that you're you're building, you know, come tell us about it. We'd love to hear from it and from you. And really what we're looking for is anything that pertains to the ocean. We have five different key impact areas, which you can take a look at uh, our SOA Solutions Impact Report that we just released for 2022. And it's anything around blue foods, circular economy, um, ecosystem restoration and preservation. So, our door is open and we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. So I also want to ask what drew you to being a Reusey's judge? I'm really excited to be a part of this. You know, being a, a Reusey's judge really en enables me to learn more about all these incredible entrepreneurs that are at the forefront of this reuse revolution. You know, I have friends and artists and entrepreneurs that are creating and upcycling discarded materials into beautiful functional products. And, you know, living in the U.S., I see so much waste from products that we use every day, like laptops and cell phones. But these are the very same tools and resources that we have that have such valuable materials that could be reused. And we need to look at what we have at our disposal now before we create new products with new materials that are responsible for so much waste and destruction of our ecosystem. And it's, you know, really a privilege to be a part of this movement. And I love that the Reusies recognizes and celebrates all these groundbreaking ideas that are leading this charge. And I think it's really important to think about how we can reuse materials instead of throwing away and use them for different applications. So 
I'm excited to celebrate and help elevate all these change makers. Fantastic. Yeah. And we're happy to have you guys supporting on the judging side for the second year in a row now. Is there anything else we haven't touched on that you would like to take a moment to share with our listeners? So yeah, one thing I'd love to have our listeners take away from this is that we can all be leaders in this in this movement. You don't need a company. You don't need a solution. You know, as a consumer, we have the power to help drive brands and companies to take a different approach, to adopt circular models or even regenerative materials like seaweed, a fast-growing resource that not only gives us oxygen, but it's also fully biodegradable and can help sequester carbon dioxide. So with our wallets and decisions, we can all be leaders in climate solutions. Absolutely, yeah. And for the listeners who would like to follow you guys, sounds like going to your website is a great start. Are there any other ways you want to encourage people to keep tabs on what you're up to? Yeah, follow us on our website. We're pretty active on LinkedIn, Instagram. Also invite you to check out our latest impact report at impact.soaalliance.org. Amazing. Well, thanks so much, Camila, for speaking with us and for volunteering to be Reusey's judge. And we will see you in Seattle in June. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. And that's our show. If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word. Subscribe to the Indisposable podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Add a review. Talk us up. Nobody spreads a message like you. The Indisposable podcast is brought to you by Upstream, sparking innovative solutions to plastic pollution, envisioning a world without it, and empowering businesses, communities, and individuals to imagine and co-create this future with us. You can find resources mentioned on today's episode as well as learn more about Upstream's work at www.upstreamsolutions.org. Follow us on social and join the movement. There's a better way than throwaway.